Okay, everybody, good morning. This mic. I might be running just a little bit late, actually. I suppose I'm leaving right on time. Officially. I feel like I'm running late, but anyway, yeah, I think we're okay. So this is driving theology and uh I believe last week I uh, posted a podcast explaining what I do here. So uh, if you'd like to know why I do this podcast the way I do it, if somehow you don't grasp the uh, format, just fine. It's not, not your normal format, I guess. Or in a sense it is, just not, not a normal format for a podcast. Uh, yeah, anyway, you can check that out. Um, I don't want to uh, rehash it all the time, but suffice it to say that this is uh, 100% off the cuff. Um, I have no resources or books or anything like that in front of me as I talk, um, and it's meant to be that way. So that's that's the plan. So if you don't like it, you can just move along. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, the world has uh, not fixed itself since last week. <laughs> Things are still kind of crazy with uh, COVID-19 and Black Lives Matter. Um, America is uh, in as much chaos as I've seen it in my lifetime, perhaps. And I say I've seen it. Of course, I'm I'm in Japan. I'm originally from there, but I live in Japan now, and so I'm, I'm seeing it from a distance. But but perhaps uh, perspective uh, allows me to see, uh, though a different picture, uh, every bit as true a picture, perhaps. Um, so, yeah. Uh, COVID-19 is not getting better, it would seem. In fact, uh, the number of cases is increasing, it seems like, in many parts of America. Uh, there was a graphic recently that talked about how somebody had written a book fairly recently um, that outlined boundaries of, I believe, 11 different nations inside of America. And what it meant by nations was uh, groups of people who are dominant in a certain area that think a certain way. And the South, the, the, the old South, right, the, the traditional South uh, of America, uh, the West, right, the Wild West, if you will, uh, and there was one or two other places. Anyway, they were parts of America where uh, I would say more libertarian uh, politics uh, are revered. Uh, personal freedom, personal choice, um, 
less government, right? More, more freedom. Uh, you can you can find these areas, and and basically, uh, these areas are defined by the types of settlers who went and settled there. Uh, for example, the Quakers were very big in one part of the country, right? Puritans and, and whatnot were big in another part of the country and so on and so forth. But what they were able to do uh, was to correlate correlate the recent spread of COVID-19 with these areas that, that are less socially conscious. Uh, and, and more uh, individualistic. And so all of the places that are individualistic right now are having the greatest number uh, of um, COVID-19 cases. And so there seems to be a correlation uh, with the kinds of people that live in certain parts of the country and the way that they think about Uh, their self in the world, I guess is the best way to put that. Um, and America in general is known to be a more individu in individualistic society. In other words, we value the rights of the individual over uh, over the collective, over, over the community, right? Um, so we we like to to say things that you know. For example, I can do what I want. I can do whatever I want, right? You're not my boss kind of stuff. Uh, and yeah, and that's kind of what America is known for. And But there are parts of America that are less that way than others. Um, there are parts of America that were settled by people who were very uh, community conscious, uh, who, who, who valued... Um, the community over the individual, or at least more so, at least more so. Um, and the funny thing is, those those individual individualistic people are refusing, uh, at least in greater numbers, to wear masks during this pandemic, and they're paying the price for it. They are paying the price for it. Um, whereas uh, cities, uh, for example, New York City, who got hit very hard in the beginning, they've really worked hard uh, to 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 spread the word, not the disease, uh, that masks are important, and, and people have people have listened by and large, and and so the cases have gone down. Um, I hate to say it this way, uh, because I'm sure it's going to offend somebody, but it's, it's almost like a kid, right? Who, you know, you may get them to sit still for, you know, for 10 minutes if you're lucky. Uh, say we're talking about an eight-year-old boy. You know, you get him to sit, sit still for 10 or 15 minutes and you're happy. But after that 15 minutes, you know there's going to be a bit of an explosion of activity, right? He's going to... He's going to react from 
from the confines that he was in and probably act out. That's kind of like it, what it's like with some Americans who, who have no uh, concept that their actions affect everybody. It's sort of like a national childishness. And it's personified by our president. Uh, and, and, and so, because that's the case, obviously I believe that's the case, a lot of people probably don't believe that's the case, but because he personifies that kind of attitude, it kind of, um, what's the word, emboldens? Uh, it emboldens other people who are already bent that direction to also act out when they feel that they are being uh, held back, that, that their lifestyle is being sacrificed for the good of the whole, right? Uh, which takes me back to Star Wars. Uh, I believe it was The Wrath of Khan, but I don't remember which Star Wars movie it was. Uh, but where Spock... Um, talks about how he must sacrifice himself. The, the needs of the one out, outweigh the needs of the many, or the needs of the many or the few outweigh the needs of the one. Right? This was how he said it. Um, and that's where we're at. What, America is still fighting this, this fight. It's so obvious to most thinking adults that our individual actions can reflect negatively on the whole and that we should be responsible, right? That's all anybody's asking is for us to be responsible about that. You know, why, what is so difficult about that idea? Right? What's so difficult about being responsible um, with, with our germs? You know, just looking around in my car right now, I see two different masks, um, hand, two, two different kinds of hand sanitizer. Um, this is kind of our life now, you know. You don't go outside with some kind, without some kind of protection for yourself and others. It's just not something you do here in Japan anymore. Now, there are some people, and, and I've been one of those people who have forgotten while I was out. And then you're kind of stuck, and you just hope... Uh, that you can, you know, um, get in and out as safely as possible. And most stores have hand sanitizer at the entrance, so, you know, you can do a little bit. There, there are going to be times that you're not going to be prepared, as prepared as you would like to be. Um, it's hard to keep it in the forefront of your mind constantly. Um <clears throat> But it's always close, right? It's always close, especially when you're out uh, in a store or, you know, in a public place. Or, for example, now I'm on the way to a kindergarten where I teach, and there's lots of uh, kids who, uh, little kids, kindergarten kids who don't understand this idea of social distancing and, and germs spreading and all of this stuff. Of course they don't, and I'm kind of glad they don't, and I I kind of don't want them to have to worry about that too much, you know, um, because I think it, it takes away a certain connection that they need with each other and with their teachers, right, 
kids are very touchy-feely. Um, and I think that's healthy. I think, you know, especially at that age, I think it's quite healthy. Human touch is, is a pretty important thing. I don't think anybody uh, disputes that any longer. There have been various studies done on that. Um, and that is going to be a problem going forward, you know, this, this lack of human touch and connection. And, and um, there are going to be some times that you are not going to be able to adhere to certain kinds of um, rules. You know, there are going to be circumstances uh, that call for a hug. Somebody will need one or maybe you'll need one. That happens. In that case, you just, you know, you, you, you pray that uh, everything will be okay. And you take the, you know, necessary precautions that, that you can. Um, but in the end, we're still going to be human. We're going to have certain needs um, as humans. And the depriving of those needs over time will have a negative effect on us. Uh, certainly a negative effect. Um, but, you know, this, this I, you know, I, I live in Japan now, and I've been here 25 years, uh, nearly, very nearly half of my life. <clears throat> and Japan is much more of a collective, collectively conscious culture. Triple C. Um, to where individuals suppress uh, their their need to to express themselves, their desires to express themselves, uh, in favor of not rocking the boat, um, not not causing waves, not making waves, right, uh, not disrupting the the order. Um, that they find themselves in, whether that's inside of a, uh, a family, inside of a school classroom, uh, inside of their office, or what have you. Uh, and so, what this there are good parts and bad parts of this, right? I think I think there there's all kinds of talent that will never be discovered in Japan just because of the fear of putting yourself out there. That, that's a negative aspect of being an uh, overly uh, commun communally conscious conscious uh, that that just sheer fear will uh, deprive the rest of the world of certain people's talents uh, whether they be ideas uh, whether they be artistic talents or what what have you right um And there's a whole, I don't know if I'd say philosophy, but there are, there are proverbs that, that remind people not, not to put yourself out there. You know, don't put yourself out there. Don't be selfish. Selfishness is probably the cardinal sin of Japan, I think. Right? Being found to be obviously selfish um, is, is the worst. And so people really avoid 
being seen as being selfish, right? Um, and avoid selfish people, it seems like. Um, a lot of us Americans are naturally selfish. In other words, we were raised to be selfish and to, you know, and we have a lot of these sayings that, you know, that are just the, the opposite um, sayings. For example, Japanese say, uh, the nail that stands up gets hammered down. In other words, if you if you try to stick out, society's going to hammer you back into place so that you're just like everybody else, right? The nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Uh, whereas in English, you know, in, in America, we have sayings like, um, I don't know, um, tell your truth, right? Be yourself. Uh, be true to yourself. Um, don't be ashamed of yourself. Uh, all these, all these different uh, things, trying to get people to stand up as individuals and be different and be noticed. <laughs> and 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 Japan and America could not be on more opposite poles as far as their values of how citizens should act in the respective countries. At least that's on the face. I'm going I'm to say that's, that's certainly on the face of things. But I think if you dig deeper down, you see a lot of the same things in America where if people stand up too much, they get hammered out by society. It's not easy, right? There's a, there's a natural hostility. There's a natural hostility to people who try to be different, uh, who try to break the mold, for example. Um, I think that exists in every culture. Uh, on the face, uh, Americans are told to just go for it, you know, just put yourself out there. Um, but I'd say in reality, uh, there is opposition to putting yourself out there, always, right? Uh, there are challenges involved in that, for sure. And in Japan, uh, we need, right? Sometimes there's just a need for somebody to stand up and do something different. It's just there, there becomes a great need for somebody to, to, to change the way we think about um, certain ruts that we've been programmed to stay in. Uh, there's a need, you know, I'm not sure if I can think of an example, but um, in the realms that I've I've been in, uh, when a person stands up in Japan and voices uh, a complaint, which everybody agrees with, right? Then secretly inside you're rooting for that person, even if on the outside you remain neutral, right? There is a there is a sigh of relief that oh, finally somebody said it, you know. And I think then slowly what we can have is a, uh, you know, over time a changing of the guard, so to speak. A change will happen when somebody finally is brave enough to stand up and say what everybody's been thinking. Now, it doesn't mean that that person won't be crucified. <laughs> that person may be... Uh, may, uh, 
you know, may be uh, slaughtered on the altar uh, of uh, community. But inwardly, people are glad that those people have spoken up. Um, because there are times when a, a tyrannical leader, um, in any sense, whether it's just a, you know, in, in an office or uh, in, a, in a neighborhood meeting or whatever, there, there is a time when they, they have gotten power and are abusing their power. And people are just kind of taking it, uh, not wanting to be the person to stand up against this person. And so it takes a long time, it seems like, to bring these people down in Japan. Uh, but once the, once the bricks start falling, they fall. Uh, so in a sense, I guess what I'm saying is, is that the, the outward, uh, the face uh, of these situations, right? The respect of the individual over the community or, or the uh, respect of community over the individual. On the face of them, they look quite opposite. But the way they actually play out in life, I have a feeling they're much closer to the center. Much closer to the center. Because most of what we're talking about are words, right? Uh, words are what we say we believe. But when it comes down to it, uh, I think we're a lot closer uh, than we realize. Because words are cheap, right? Um, it really comes down to how it plays out. Uh, how it plays out we say that in the real world uh, how it plays out I usually have a saying for that I can't remember what it is um, anyway yeah so in the states right now you have this group called Black Lives Matter who are rumored to have Marxist leanings now Marxism uh, obviously is connected with communism and fascism, totalitarianism, uh, a system of government uh, championed by Karl Marx, which uh, tries to have all things in common, tries to level everyone into one caste as opposed to having a class system, right? So that everybody's just the working class and there is nobody else. Um, and, and this is a, uh, a socialist government to the max, right? This is the ideal where everybody has everything in common. Nobody owns anything. Uh, and, and so there is no class struggle. Um, everybody shares, shares the wealth, for example. Uh, and on the face of it, Marxism looks really great. The problem is Marxism doesn't really work in a broken world, a world full of people with selfish uh, ambition. Um, and, uh, and just bad motives, right? So Marxism hasn't really worked out for the countries that have tried it. But Black Lives Matter has been labeled as a Marxist group. And basically because, as far as I can see it, now I'm, I, I've read their list of beliefs and I don't see any blatant Marxism. I don't see anything that says 
we want to, uh, for example, um, destroy all companies. We want to destroy all possession, right? To where that nobody owns anything and everybody owns everything. I, I don't see things like that. I don't see uh, any blatant Marxism. I do see a communal responsibility, right? I do see that they believe that we should be communally responsible. Uh, and, and I see some possible other things. A lot of this, I, I still haven't looked de deeply enough into it yet, but my, so far as deep as I've looked, I think people are, are overreacting to the ideology of, of BLM. I think they are overreacting. Uh, and I think it's, it's purposeful overreacting in many cases. Um, basically, they are, they are a group that advocates for the promotion of all people of color. <clears throat> uh, basically, all non-white people. Uh, because I think their, their standing assumption is that white people already have a level of privilege that other people don't, and so they are going to fight for the other people, and, and I totally get that. I don't have a problem with the saying Black Lives Matter. I'm also not somebody to join groups, uh, especially political groups, um, and so I won't be joining the organization Black Lives Matter. Um, but the sentiment uh, is not lost on me. The sentiment that that black lives seem to be valued less by white authorities than white lives. Uh, and so anyway, the this the, there is a huge phobia in America of anything smelling of communism at all. Anything smelling of uh, any kind of, um, yeah, any kind of communist leanings whatsoever. So anything that, that has even a hint uh, that it might be um, connected to communism or communist ideology, then it is seen as, you know, basically it's to be avoided like the plague. <clears throat> and there are many reasons for this, but, but first and foremost is that Americans are so hyper, what's the word I'm looking for? Hyper alerted to their, their personal rights, their individual rights, that they're hypersensitive to anything that says, hey, you know, we can all take responsibility for our world. You know, we, we all have a responsibility to make it better. We can work together to make the world a better place. Any, any of this stuff like this, right, working together, right, taking collective responsibility, asking for collective forgiveness, any of this uh, just goes right to their, I'm just going to say it, childish mind. 
their their selfish childish minds are hyper alert to this uh, and they just reject it all out of hand and then they'll come up with some kind of excuse as well it's a communist group it's a Marxist group and they'll come up with all the right words to make sure uh, that anybody like them who doesn't want to think deeply about things will just be shut off right away and and then you know Black Lives Matter is dismissed out of hand as a Marxist group and so this is all over my feed on Facebook and I've actually I've actually started unfriending or blocking people uh, I, I just I, I get tired of the the lack of empathy that I find uh, on Facebook it's it's disheartening uh, and there is a pronounced lack of empathy right now in America. And, and this lack of empathy uh, is destroying people's lives, literally, with COVID-19. This, this lack of communal responsibility uh, for what's, you know, this pandemic that's going around in the States, um, this childish uh, attempt at at preserving uh, phantom uh, phantom freedoms um, is hurting people. You know, people are dying because of it. It's a very real problem that people can't think, that they don't have critical thinking ability. Um, stupidity kills. It really does. Immaturity kills. Selfishness kills. And it's not just yourself. You know, you may spread it to your, your dear old grandmother or your four-year-old sister. You know, who, who knows who you may spread it to and you may be just fine. But by all means, preserve your, you know, personal rights. Your rights go far beyond having to wear a mask. Far beyond. You have the right to choose to wear a mask. You have a right to choose to protect people around you from a microscopic germ that could take their life. You have the right to make that decision. Why not use our rights positively to do good for people? <clears throat> now here's the thing, I, I lean in a lot of ways toward a libertarian type of government. I'm, I'm for less government I'm for a, a, a messier system where people um, can't just rely on laws to protect them, but actually have to interact with each other and figure life out. Um, but it's ridiculous when you take those that ideology uh, and and use it as an excuse 
uh, to infect somebody with COVID-19. I mean, it's, that's just crazy. You know, there, there has to be limits there. You know, drastic times call for drastic measures, right? This is a drastic time, my friend, if there's ever been one. So I'm, I've got about five more minutes, so I'm going to have to wrap this up. Um, I just want to leave you with uh, some thoughts about Jesus and how he was uh, on the earth while he was here, uh, the way that he lived. I'm not sure what he would do in this situation. If, if he were uh, plopped down into 2020 America or Japan, I'm not sure where we would find him exactly. <clears throat> um, but I'm pretty sure we'd find him with those who need him the most. Uh, we would find him alongside the sick and the hurting and the suffering. And at the same time, he would be bringing up a group of disciples. People who... Uh, are willing and are open enough to see him for who he is and want to be like him. Um, people who are willing to stand uh, against culture, but not as individuals, but as members of a new collective, right? The reconstituted body of Christ is what the church is by definition you know we are the we are the we are the body of Christ on earth we are the reconstituted na nation of Israel we are the 12 tribes uh, we are on the, the forefront of Jesus's movement in the world to bring healing to bring inclusiveness, to bring joy, to bring hope, to bring peace. I think those those are things he would be trying to do um, with his disciples that he chooses. Even in this earth, he would be doing the same thing. And so I think you know, whatever your politics is, whatever your beliefs are. Um, we can still be uh, on the forefront of the kingdom of God and bring healing to people around us love, joy, hope right? hope is really in short supply right now and it's really needed um, so I, I think that's where the rubber meets the road. There's my idiom I can figure out, or my metaphor. Uh, where the rubber meets the road, right? It's not what you believe, it's, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, that's what's going to make a difference. So, yeah, I uh, just hope that all of these situations that are going on in the world that are 
causing people so much uh, stress and so much suffering that they will be taken care of soon. And uh, yeah, peace to you. Peace to you and yours. So I am here at my work, so I'm going to sign out. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye.